That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, are you simply having a wonderful Advent time? Sure am. I mean, it is uh, we are we might get actually a white Christmas here in New York City. Uh, this year, so that's a that's a plus on uh, on what has been 2020. So, um, really, yes, I'm looking forward to um, to being in Christmas and our Christmas holiday special. This is the way God intended it. Christmas uh, is supposed to have snow. Uh, I think what is that in the Gospel of Thomas? Anyways, mm-hmm. it's fact. <laughs> I can you can tell like the kind of we. We have clergy Christmas energy right now, so it's like just kind of like ah, uh, let's do this one for the people. So I got. I want qu- you to know how much we love you. So. <laughs> I got a question for you, Jake. In these COVID days, as a pastor, are you getting the same level and quality of home baked goods or artisanal baked goods that you have in years past? Ooh, that is. You know what? The it's interesting. I mean, and uh, you know, love everybody, but. We didn't get around to sending out Christmas cards this year, and um, uh, but two, the amount of Christmas cards we normally get have co- gone down. Um, but the baked goods, let me just shout out to a guy named Dean Kim. Um, he hooked it up, the staff. Um, we got all these crazy baked goods from Germany and uh, from some Christmas market that was shipped over. And so that, while the baked goods are um, down this year, the quality, because we got some from Germany, is uh, way, way up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we, uh, we, I think we've, I think we're holding steady. I think we're gonna, I think we're doing pretty, pretty well. Uh, there was always a guy who sent us the Harry and David pears, who has gone on to be um, in the nearer presence of Christ. And so we miss him, and uh, we are thinking of the pairs that he sent us. Uh, but other than that, I think it's been a pretty good year. And I'm especially blessed because somebody brought us um, fruitcake cookies. Which, oh, yeah. And I, I actually really like fruitcake. I know it gets a bad rap, but um, I think it's fantastic. And so, uh, so listeners, if you're, if you're listening and you want to send a little little Christmas blessing to, to old uh, Reverend Zimmerman, go ahead, send me fruitcake. But somebody brought these fruitcake cookies, and uh, nobody in my family likes them. So they're all mine. Win win i love actually fruit cake i know what's up with people that don't like it like you have to like mm. dried fruit and some people they're not into it dude i'm into it i love it i love the like old like orange peel that you get kind of every once in a while in there and mm. um and you know if you really want to make it a winner winner uh add a little soft butter on top you can't go wrong so that and a cup of milk so says christmas it's like the but, British uh, baking some... show edition of Same Old Song. What is this? Let's so, get to but, the Bible. Uh, today is our Christmas uh, special, and we'll be having some singers come out in just a minute. 
And so just kidding. But we're going to go through uh, the readings for um, basically Christmas 2, which you could use on Christmas Eve, and then a few of you who have to work on Christmas Day um, and do a Christmas Day service, which we do, where you'll have about eight people there. Um, we're going to do some of those readings as well and give you the gospel nugget. Uh, the thing that I think is really important to stress during this time is we stress all the time is that Christmas is one of those days where uh, people who normally haven't gone uh, may pop into your church. And people who haven't gone to your church for a long time who normally come may pop into church. And people who normally uh, wouldn't live stream your service, but uh, because, you know, uh, Grandma Wilfred went there, they may tune into your live stream this year and put you on in the background. And this is not your opportunity to exposit and preach for 40 minutes. Uh, this is your chance to give them a quick little nugget that might pull them back into your church later on. Yeah, that's right. You know, we have been live streaming since March 15th. Uh, we do have some in-person services, but you know we saw a huge spike at Easter, which obviously always happens in real life too. But I think it's it's we've never been through a pandemic Christmas in living memory, but I think we all are going to see an increase in people just checking out our content. So preachers, yeah, I think as hard as it is to hold the attention of the drunk worshipers on Christmas Eve who haven't been to church in ten years. Uh, you, you know, you want to be sure not to get into like a, a sermon exploring the authorship of Hebrews and was it Pauline or not, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that always applies even more, I think now with the fact that we're going to be online and trying to keep people's attention and all that sort of stuff. So I think, yeah. uh, uh, keep it short, keep it sweet and to the point and, uh, and, and make it existentially connecting and scripturally rooted and you should be good and preach the gospel. Preach a good word of grace, especially now, as, as we need it so, so desperately. So, Amen. So we have uh, for our Christmas Eve readings, we're going to be talking about Isaiah 62, verses 6 through 12. We're going to be hitting on Titus, chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. And then uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And so, so that you guys know, listeners, if you look in the lectionary, you'll see that there are three options, three propers. Uh, of readings for the Feast of the Nativity for Christmas. And uh, you usually do, since we're in year B of the lectionary, you would do the readings, the, the second option. There's Feast of Nativity, Propers 1, Propers 2, Propers 3. So we're doing Propers 2 because uh, it's year B. And if you, uh, and then you, but you can, for Christmas Day, you can pick, and, and really all of them you can use, but we're not going to yeah. tell you how to preach on all of those options. We're just going to do the second set, and then we're going to do the third set as the option kind of for Christmas Day if you have a Christmas Day service. Mm -hmm. But the message ultimately, you know, spoiler alert here at the top of the podcast, Jesus loves you and came as a baby to save the whole world, including you. So yeah. that's what it's all going to be about. But the last, I mean, but let's, let's see where these scriptures take us. So Jake, we begin um, on Christmas Eve. Uh, our first reading would be this Isaiah 62 reading. Uh, yeah. And might I just say you are a bold preacher if you choose that as your principal text for the night. So, uh, you know, I'm here to talk to you about Isaiah 62. <laughs> Woo! Uh, that is not anybody's memory verse. Tell you that right now. No, I uh, tell you that right now. It's a deep this cut. This is a very. This is a deep cut. Yeah. So uh, maybe if you're at like. Um, 
Bethel Ultra Reformed Church. This would be your go-to text. So, but uh, um, the uh, Orthodox a, Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Yeah, but not at a uh, Calvary St. George's. So, but anyway, but nonetheless, there's something to say. And uh, basically, this is um, at the end of the exile, and uh, God is delivering promises to His people. Um, and so there's this immediate context. One, they're uh, leaving exile, and uh, then there's the ultimate fulfillment that it finds in this night. And so, but he basically says, you know, um, uh, 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 basically he's going to uh, promise that uh, they're never going to um, essentially have their grain stolen. Uh, the foreigner shall not drink their wine for which you've labored, but those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Uh, essentially what this is all about is uh, the way we relate to God. And um and, uh, you know, the, for a long, the reason why Israel went into exile is because they were disobedient and unfaithful. And, uh, and so he is saying that there is coming a time now where I am going to relate to you differently. And, uh, and that difference is going to be all about salvation. Yeah, and, and, you know, we did joke about preaching this and maybe not being the most uh, winsome passage. However... I will say that if there ever was a Sunday or a, a Christmas Eve to preach about exile and restoration, this mm -hmm. coronavirus pandemic time certainly feels like an exile in many ways. And it does Ooh. feel like a lot of what we have or we're looking forward to this year was stolen from us. Uh, funerals were stolen from us. Weddings were stolen from us. Uh, normal family and holiday gatherings were stolen from us. S school was stolen from us. For many people, sanity was stolen from us. And, of course, life was stolen from a lot of people. And so this thing where the Israelites had this experience where their home was invaded by an external force and uh, they planted crops, but it was stolen by our enemies. They uh, um, harvested grapes and made wine, but then it was stolen by their enemies. Um, this word of God to them that no longer will your grain be food for your enemies, no longer will foreigners drink the wine you've labored um, for, that I think will connect to, to people today. And Christmas yeah. being a message of restoration and um, ultimately... God being born as this human infant um, is this statement to us who've had all these things stolen from us, that God has not abandoned and, us, God is still with us, and God will come again. That's right. And while you may not, um, you may not get all that you lost temporally back, uh, the message is your salvation comes. And, yep. uh, you know, the idea of salvation in a Hebrew is not in the prosperity gospel sense that we hear but it is in the totality, and uh, that totality is realized, uh, totality of life is realized in the resurrection of the dead. Mm. But say to your daughter Zion, see your salvation comes, and indeed he has come in flesh. And this is how God relates to you now in this child. And uh, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And as a result of that, that work, that salvation coming to you, uh, you are, God declares you a holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. I mean, that is good news. And you shall be called sought out uh, because it's not about what you've been looking for. Because uh, to quote you too, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But uh, uh, God has been looking for you. And in that Christ child, he sought you out and you are not forsaken. And he has found you and loved you and uh, will never let you go.
Yeah, and I think that underlines a key point in the text that salvation, when it comes, it is a person. So this yeah. is, see your salvation comes in verse 11. Uh, his, his reward is with him. So if it just right. said, see your salvation comes, we think of salvation as, you know, I learned this new meditation practice and it saved me, or I read this book and it saved me, yeah. or I... Very um, abstract. You know, abstract, and it, we sort of think of it as being like just your life getting better through some kind of event or practice or habit or, you know, uh, something like that. And it makes clear here that it is a person, which is such great news because it means it's not up to you. It's not dependent on you. Your salvation is rooted in Jesus Christ and his birth and his life and his death and his resurrection and his current life. So this salvation is still there for you, even if 2020 has been a mess and who knows what 2021 is going to be like. And, you know, all that, I think your, your salvation comes and it doesn't mean just getting back to Jerusalem for the ancient people of Israel. Mm. It doesn't mean your life just getting back to what it used to be before the pandemic. Um, yeah. It means Jesus Christ. That is your salvation. <clears throat> and that and that bridges or segues beautifully into Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. And, you know, and what, what Paul is doing right here so powerfully is, is that so much of Christmas is about sentimentality, but now confined to just, you know, a live stream service, now uh, confined to uh, maybe not having enough money to buy the Christmas gifts we thought we could. Um, uh, uh, Paul, in this letter to Titus, cuts out all of the sentimentality and gets right at the root core of what Christmas is all about. Um, the fact that this salvation has appeared, it has come, um, and it's come in the goodness and loving kindness of our Savior, uh, Jesus, who appeared, and he didn't come to give us life tips, you know what I mean? He didn't come to just be simply an example. He came, and, and Paul nails it here, to save us, and uh, the point is saved us, so you were saved, uh, you are being saved, and you will be saved. And it's why? Well, not because of any awesomeness you've done this year. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it's uh, this year has made us realize how helpless we actually are. That's right. Uh, but according to his mercy. Now listen to this. Here's the part that gets a little people a little tricky. But, but through the water of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So, um, so this basically the mercy of God is applied to you uh, through the ba your baptism by which you are born again um, through water and the Spirit. Well, and I think uh, that uh, being born again through water and the Spirit, I think is a great uh, segue now to our next uh, passage here. Can uh, I just say one more thing really quick about this? No, we've, had, we've heard enough. <laughs> I love the Titus passage. It's an amazing, it's a winner, winner, chicken dinner to preach. Um, but uh, um, the Spirit has poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I've noticed this about Paul's languages. He doesn't say put. He's always talking about poured. And this is where, um, this is this is a reference back to baptism. Mm -hmm. uh, so that have been, having been justified, once again, not by your works, but by his grace, we might become heirs according to hope, to the hope of eternal life. And really, that is what this night is all about. It's not simply about just a baby born in a manger, but it's about Christ for you. 
being born perfectly for you in a manger, uh, having a perfect life for you, uh, then having a perfect death for you, and then having an, a resurrection for you, so that in the midst of what appears to be darkness, we might know that uh, the darkness is entered, the light has entered into it, but has not been overcome by the darkness, and you have the hope of eternal life, which allows you to wait patiently until He comes again for you. Yeah. Now the segue. Well, I mean, that says it all about Titus. And I think, you know, uh, the only other thing I would want to say about it is, um, you know, I just love it when it when the scriptures tell us what God is like, because so many people think God is this angry uh, lightning bolt throwing God. And mm -hmm. it says here the goodness and loving kindness of God. It talks about mercy. It talks about kindness. It talks about goodness. And I just, I was talking to someone today about some ethical issue in the church and who should be allowed to serve and uh, in various lay ministries. And, um, you know, this person was operating very much out of a view of God where he is, you know, like Santa making a list, checking it twice. And, and um, that is not how God is portrayed in the New That's Testament, right. in the scriptures. I mean, yes, and I'm not going to get into, I'm not a Marcionite, don't worry, I don't mean to say that. Um, the, the revelation of God, or Adonis, the revelation of, of, the, of the who God is develops through the canon of scripture. Um, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The way we understand it, the picture gets kind of clearer and clearer as we go through the scriptures. And one of the things that becomes so clear uh, is just shown here in this Titus passage, the goodness and loving kindness of God, and that God has this mercy. And as Jake, as you said, he just pours this out richly. It's an ex God is an extravagant lover who is good and is kind and is merciful. And that's... Uh, that's who God is, and that's what we're reminded of by this baby, this infant that comes yes. to us. Because we, again, we we so often revert to what we would do if we were God, and if we had power, we would judge, we would hold grudges, we 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 would look like those ancient Greek and Roman pantheon gods. Um, mm. But this God that we see in Christ, in this Christ <clears throat> child, is this kind, merciful, loving God, and that that's and so important. And, uh, and what we see here in the Luke reading today is, first and foremost, that this isn't an abstraction. This isn't a wonderful idea, but that this actually happened in real human history. And so and uh, that's what Luke is doing right here when he lists out um, uh, when this happened. Uh, it wasn't in a galaxy, galaxy, long, long time ago in the land of Maud and Todd, but um, it is uh, in, from Emperor Augustus. You know, uh, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, a real place, you can go there. You know, all went to be registered. Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth of Galilee. You know, you can go there. So this actually, this God who loves you and is for, for you uh, has entered into history. Yeah, and I think there is um, the thing that I would preach on. Yeah. And it's not hypothetical. I think what I will preach on. Uh, and is is the fact that in this Christmas story, everything is bad for everybody and yes. Jesus comes to them. Uh, <laughs> the fact that this happened in the Roman Empire and there was someone named Caesar Augustus uh, means that there was essentially, I mean, you know, you already made your Star Wars reference, but in some sense, I mean, this is like the empire. This is, you know, Caesar is like the great emperor 
Quirinius is like Darth Vader. I mean, there's just... It's a, it's a police state that tortured people, that denied them their human rights, that existed only for itself, and uh, was just, yeah, in, in many ways a brutal, brutal society, unless you're a wealthy Roman citizen who was a man. And so it was bad for the Jewish people. Um, it was bad for Joseph, who had to make a trip from Nazareth all the way to Galilee with a pregnant wife. It was bad for Mary, who had to make that trip with him. It's very difficult and arduous. Uh, and they were going to get registered to, for a census for taxation. So they were going to get taxed. It was bad for them for that reason. So, And then they get there, and it's uh, <laughs> there's no room for them in the guest house there, um, which is sort of mistranslated as in. And um, anyways, it's bad. It's bad for the shepherds who are out in the middle of the field at night and it's cold and it's dark and they might get attacked by wild animals and they have a really kind of crappy job. And yet to all these people, God comes. And I think Christmas is a message of hope and light, as we've said, in the darkness. And we very well know the darkness this year, maybe better than we ever have before. And so I think that's, that's kind of what you, you preach here, that even in that situation today, in the city of David is born a savior the Messiah, mm. the Lord. And that's good news of great joy. That is awesome. Um, and then so, you know, so you've uh, been up late on Christmas Day, like Christmas Eve, and now you got to go do Christmas Day. Ah, what do we do? You know, do I give them the same old sermon or do I give them something new? Well, yes and no. Uh, yeah, I probably, well, I give it to Ben. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have an associate pastor, now is the time. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, if you're not... So the readings for this day are Isaiah 52, 7 through 10, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, which is awesome, and then uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, which is awesome. So um, basically, uh, we have this, uh, well, once again, I always think of Han uh, Handel's Messiah, um, Isaiah 52, but uh, what? You know, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, so this is a this is a famous passage, unlike that rather more obscure one from Christmas Eve. This By the is, way, I think I'm going to preach that one. Yeah, on you Christmas you laid Eve. down the gauntlet for yourself. I'm going to do it. You do watch. It, we no will. one will like me. We'll, but we'll, anyway, we'll watch and we'll review it. We'll send you. We'll, <laughs> we'll click on our stars. We'll give you at least four or three. Yeah. All right, Isaiah 52. So how beautiful are the feet, basically, of those who bring good news? This, I mean, that's not what it says exactly here. That's where um, Paul gets that idea uh, when he writes that in Romans. But it comes from this Isaiah 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announce peace. And so it's this whole idea of, of announcing good news, salvation, your God reigns. And it's, it's just, it's joy, it's singing. It's basically this ecstatic um, moment of, of things being really bad for a long time, but now everything has been restored and everything is great. And so uh, salvation is used twice in this uh, passage. And, and it's, it's people rejoicing. I mean, when was the last time you broke out in song? I don't know. 2020 yeah. has been a hard year for that. But that's what happens in this passage because um, God has come. God has shown up. And, uh, and, and this is really good news. So, I mean, that's, that's I mean, I, I would keep this sermon short. I would say I've got good news. And that good news is comfort and redemption. And it's in Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I would say. The Lord has bared his holy arm. He's come to us in flesh before the eyes of all the nations. And indeed, every nation knows on this day that Jesus has been born. 
and the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Uh, they may not be impressed with it, but indeed that is how he has appeared, in flesh, in the form of his son. And your job, um, you have the privilege, dear preacher, of being that messenger who announces uh, the salvation, uh, and that um, by his death and resurrection, uh, your God indeed reigns. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so... Then moving on to this Hebrews passage, which has kind of an option. You can do a really short one, or you can make it a lot longer. And I would, I would probably err on the side of a little bit of brevity on Christmas morning. You can do just verses one through four, or you can also add on verses five through twelve. It's all good. It's it's just good teaching on Jesus Christ, Christology, proper doctrine of Christ, that He is the Son of God and a hundred percent God, hundred percent man, uh, greater than the angels. Yeah. Uh, this- yeah, what are you going to say? Yeah, this, well, this passage is very important. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 1 is all about how Jesus actually relates to God. And then uh, Hebrews chapter 2, which probably would be more appropriate on Christmas, is all about how God actually relates to us. But nonetheless, the, the point you could talk about is, is that Jesus has never been plan B. He's always been plan A from the beginning. And, uh, and he now is the very word of God. You want to know what God is thinking? Uh, well, uh, you look to Jesus because this is where he has spoken to us in these last days. And we've been in these last days since uh, since Jesus' ascension. But this is how God is speaking to us. And you can trust, if you want to know what God is like, you can look and see it in Jesus because he's the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. Um, and the truth is, is that he has come and he's purified your sins. And now this babe, because he's finished his work, sits at the right hand of God and uh, intercedes for you. That's right. And I think that part of sitting down at the right hand of God is another key part of this passage because it says, um, you know, uh, in this wonderful way, when he had uh, made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mm. And the, the language he communicates finished. this, yeah, this completion. He has, he has purified the human race from their sins, and he's got nothing left to do. So he does what you do. He sits down in the lazy boy and pulls out that little lever with the recliner, and he's done. <laughs> he's finished. And, and the good thing about that is that if he's done, so are you. Amen. Um, so, uh, you know... Uh, when it comes to God, you, you know, you may have a crappy relationship right now with your boss. You may have a crappy relationship right now with your spouse or your kids as the holidays tend to stir it up. But when it comes to God, he's cool with you. That's right. That's right. And so there's, there's this great thing here in this passage, just of the finality of the work. And again, that, that was, we talked earlier about how you get people who come on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that never come before. And, and basically almost everybody is laboring under this... Um, demand that they be better than they are and actually that's probably why they showed up right exactly (laughs) everybody better go on christmas yeah because everybody knows that they're not cutting it they're not doing a good job they need to get better uh everybody's exhausted and uh uh they want some relief and so what you can do here is give them relief and say jesus has already done it all for you and so much so that he's he sat down so you don't need to run around anymore and and try to make the grade uh because the test has already been passed, and you can rest, and that's what that's what this is about. Um, and it's, so, Christmas should feel like rest, should feel like joy, um, and that's that's the that's the word here in, in Hebrews. And of course, we now end on this reading from John one, 
verses 1 through 14, which is traditionally always the gospel reading on Christmas Day. It also is the gospel reading with a few more verses added for the next Sunday, the first Sunday after Christmas, and we'll so we'll talk about that in the next episode. Totally fine to preach on at both times because honestly, you're probably not going to have that many people show up on the Christmas Day service. So, and nobody ever gets tired of hearing the gospel. So, or preach on the Old Testament on Christmas morning, preach on the gospel reading on the first Sunday after Christmas. It's totally fine to have people hear the first chapter of John more than once. Totally fine. And so in this passage, it's this famous, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. This is the fact that, it, again, it's not what we think of for a Christmas reading. The only thing that sounds vaguely Christmassy is at the end, the Word became flesh. So that's the incarnation. But what this passage does a lot of, which is what we just heard in the Hebrews passage, is make sure that our Jesus is bigger than our understanding, making sure that our Jesus is firmly rooted in the Godhead, not just like a bit player. He's not the JV team. He's not the second string quarterback. Jesus is the one through whom all things were made and are held together even now. The subatomic forces that are holding your body together, molecule by molecule, atom by atom, those things are held together by Jesus. That's what John 1 is about. And so when you have this picture of Jesus that is so enormous, and then you realize that the word became flesh. That's what makes that verse, as my teenage kids would say, slap. Just, um, it's not that big of a deal that a prophet gets born. Prophets get born all the time, you know? Yeah. Enlightened people get born all the time. What's amazing is that this is God. And as John says, this person that we're about to say became flesh, without him, not one thing came into being. I mean, that's incredible. So... I think this is the miracle, mystery, good news of the incarnation. Amen. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I love it when I uh, kind of find myself getting all wrapped up and hyped up in a passage, and Jake is just like, that is all right. That's a little That'll bit, of, little bit of all right. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of things to say on it, but I guess I'll just uh, <laughs> save that for next week. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sounds good. Looks like we're out of time, people. Yeah. So, but uh, so happy preaching on Christmas. Uh, you know, and give people Jesus. Um, leave your shoulds at the door Amen. at least this night. So, because uh, people have been shoulded to death this year, and uh, they're feeling the shoulds, and uh, just um, uh, leave that at the door. Leave it at the coal. Leave it with the coal, and give people the real gift, which is Jesus. And his finished work for them once and for all. Do it. Well, Jake, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Aaron. Merry Christmas. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him. But three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside ready to rock and roll.